Welcome to the WMBF UK podcast. Hello and welcome back to the WMBF UK podcast with me, Sarah Glanville, as your host. I've been really looking forward to today's episode. We are talking to the one and only Jack Thorburn. (laughs) How are you, Jack? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Good, good. Jack, we are here to talk about your 2022. What a great but long season. How are you feeling looking back on what was a huge year for you returning to stage? I was going to say, how long do you want this podcast to be? <laughs> it's, uh, it was, it was a, obviously a 40-week prep, So, um, yeah. and, and your, yours was as well, wasn't it, if I believe? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we could go on for a while. But um, yeah, obviously, like, like you touched upon, I... It was my sort of return season and and yeah. competed since 2017. So it was a very long time coming. Yeah. So I was I was really looking forward to it. One of the reasons why it was such a long prep as well is because I thought if I've waited that long to compete, I want to do a fair few shows. So yeah. I think I ended up doing seven. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was seven shows. So um, I certainly made the most of it. But um no no it was good uh, I took an extended off season just to it was sort of one of those where I had a few sort of injuries to sort out yeah um, so that was the initial reason for taking a few years off um I didn't think pers- I didn't personally think I needed to grow an awful lot yeah but then it, it came down to around about 2019 when I thought oh, maybe I'll compete but then obviously COVID hit yeah um, which was I kind of regretted not still competing because I was one of one of the fortunate ones that had access to a gym the whole time. Yeah. So I not that I sort of want an advantage of an unfair advantage over anyone, but I certainly would have had that. So that would have been quite a good year for me. And then 2020 and 2021, it was one of those where it came to potentially thinking of starting prep, and I was almost on like a good run in the yeah. off season, and I was thinking, um. Oh, you know what maybe I can grow a little bit more and then the, the two years went past and it came to start in the, the 2022 season and I had those same feelings again and I thought you know what you'll do this the rest of your life it was the typical bodybuilder thing never thinking you're ready and thinking oh I, I could get I could grow another year but then I thought you know what just just get it done so yeah um started my prep in the start of around about the start or mid Jan, yeah, mid Jan, uh, yep. no, mid, mid March, mid March last year, yep. and then it ran, it ran all the way through exactly the same as yours till, what was it? The, was it nineteenth of November? Yep, nineteenth yeah. of November. I remember that because then, that's exactly <laughs> when it exactly when it ended because straight away the food, the American food sort of began then. But yeah, yeah. so as you can imagine, there's a. I think it was 40 weeks. That's a, a long season. It's a really long season. But I I feel like I really get what you're saying about kind of getting to the point where you're thinking, oh, maybe I could compete this year, but I'm really comfortable in this like off-season space where I know that I could gain more if I just take a little mm-hmm. bit longer to, to keep pushing. Um, but I mean, it's really fair to say that that time off of stage really paid off for you. Um, I guess going into your last off last off season you said it was injuries and stuff like that that was your main priority you weren't planning on pushing as, as long as you did did you think that you were going to have to push like weight as high and, and sort of push as hard as you had to do it in an off season or was just recovering from injury your main priority initially? yeah I think 
I think I've touched upon this on like social media and stuff, yeah. but I'm very I the reason why I compete is because I love to train. Yeah. So all I want all I wanted to do was take the off season to just get my training back to where I wanted it to be. So yeah. I didn't I didn't really care how long that took because I knew I was gonna get there eventually. So yeah. I never said to myself, right, I want to be back on stage at this time. It was just I want to get training back. And then once it's back, then I'll sort of plan the trade the competitive season out. But which is also why I didn't get back on stage until this year because I still was wasn't a hundred percent happy with my training. Yeah. But then but then once again I started questioning, you know, will I ever be a hundred percent happy with it? So that's when I finally sort of bit the bullet and decided. But then unfortunately training <laughs> went downhill a little bit then, but it's it's yeah. back on it's back on the rise now. I think ultimately I'm very critical and I think certain things will I ever be happy with them? I, I don't know. So it's it's one of these things that's a, a great quality. It pushes you to always strive for better. But it is it's that finding that balance between am I being too hard on myself? Yeah. Am I really pushing for something that I'm never going to be able to achieve? But um I think it's safe to say that I've definitely seen a lot more from you on social media, seeming like you're having some good sessions recently. Just the weight coming back up and yeah. recovering from prep, it seems mm-hmm. like it's all going well. Um you've competed obviously a number of times now. I guess I'm interested to find out how preps have differed for you through time. Um, you know, as you've got to know yourself a bit better, as your physique's grown and matured. Yeah, I think the 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 problem was I had I had a very good sort of introduction into bodybuilding. I think yeah. into well, maybe it was because I had a bit of a baptism of fire. So in 2016, my first prep. So when I was 22, so it was my junior year, my last year as a junior. Um, I prepped for a PCA show and then also I did a couple of BMBFs. That prep, I went zero carb. The, 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 the day the day prep started, literally the day we went right zero carbs. So it was there was well, it wasn't zero. It was I know the exact number. I can still remember it, it was 20, 22 grams of carbs, but that was all from fiber. Yeah, all from fiber. So and I did that for sixteen weeks straight prepping for my first PCA. So obviously for a first time competitor, I'd been introduced to the deep end straight away. So yeah. I knew sort of the tough, and I just thought that's that's what prep was. Um, and, you know, ever since then, I've never really struggled on a prep. Um, I'm, you know, I, I don't see myself as anything special, but I, if I've got a task to do, I'm gonna do it regardless. You know, I, I never complain about anything. Um, it it maybe the certain dietary methods help me out quite a bit as well. Like, for example, my protein has always been high. Like yeah. my protein consumption's always been high. I used to get hounded for it like years back. Like my protein's always been high. It's never like dropped below 300 grams a day. Yeah. Um my water consumption's pretty high as well. Uh that's always around about eight to ten liters a day. Um, which is why I'm quite glad. I'm living the self-employed life now because I can remember when I was back teaching, um, that was very hard because you know, you, these days you can't leave a classroom like teachers used to. You can't now because you come back in, it's absolute chaos. Um, so yeah, just little diet like dietary hacks, you could say. But um, I've, like, I don't know, I'm very motivated, very determined. So... I can prep through most things. So I had a pretty hard prep in 2016. Yeah. I, I just thought that was bodybuilding then. Yeah. So every other prep after that was pretty easy. So I prepped in 2016, did 
Oh, what did I do? Three shows. Yeah, I did a PCA. Yeah. Um, did okay in it, but I was probably the only natural in the show. I was probably the leanest in the show as well. But um, you know, dieting on sixteen for sixteen weeks on no carbs as yeah, a natural probably wasn't wasn't a great look. Um, and then I did a BMBF show. Uh, what I won that and which qualified me for the finals, and I made the lovely trip all the way up your end to uh, where was it? Um, Perth, in yeah. Scotland, and did the finals there. So that was that was my introduction to bodybuilding. That was a really good start. And then stupid, I don't know where, because obviously normally naturals don't do back-to-back years. But yeah. I think I, I got bitten by the bug massively. And straight away I thought, right, I'm I'm meant to be competing every year now. I'm a bodybuilder. So I had about a three-month off-season. I think it was mm-hmm. about three months, which clearly isn't an off-season for a natural bodybuilder. Like yeah. I, I definitely didn't regain like hormonal function or like my speech was still really slow yeah. my walking was still really slow and then it was straight back into a, a prep but my body weight recovered like i i was a chunky boy starting prep but that shows that body weight definitely doesn't sort of coincide with all these hormones yeah it's not all of it yeah um so i prepped again in 2017 um and just did that was i focused just on bmbf again then so i did three shows that year I did a a Welsh qualifier, won that, but didn't win the overall. I did the Southern qualifier a couple of weeks later, won that and won the overall. And then I did the finals then. But I woke up on show day and I'd been drafted into the heavyweights after qualifying as a middleweight all year. And yeah. that was, yeah, first year out of juniors to be thrown in with the heavyweights was quite hard work. Yeah. But I did, I did well. I think I, I came fourth, I believe. That's but brilliant. I felt I should have placed higher, but I always I always say that. Um, <laughs> and then, that was kind of when I took that big break. Then I knew I knew that you know moving forward I'm going to be a heavyweight bodybuilder, and I thought you've got a long way to go now. So, yeah. and then you know fast forward five years, which seems so like five years is an age to be in an off season, and then fast forward five years, and then I came to the 2022 prep of last year. Fantastic. I mean. I think that that sounds like that first prep was very much you were kind of directed on how you were to eat and everything and you have learned over time I suppose I'm, I'm imagining you've definitely ate more carbs than your last prep you, yeah. you share your you share your meals on your stories so I'm like he's definitely eating a lot more carbs now but you get to know what works for you you get to a bit more educated in the sport mm-hmm. so you found that that first prep probably just down to the fact that the diet was so restricted was that probably the you see the hardest experience that you yeah, had. Yeah, and I think with with the first two, with the 16 and 17 prep, I was being coached, well, more so in 16, I was being coached by somewhat of a local bodybuilding prep coach. They were, there's a couple, they're a couple, they were prepping me and they are very old school, but I wanted to do them proud as well. And I'm very, like, I'm really proud myself. And I thought there's no way I'm letting this diet beat me. So, and I used to train with them as well. And I'd never let them beat me in a session and stuff. So I think it was it was potentially being a bit stubborn as well. Um, and I'd never tell them that I was feeling tired. I can remember one weekend, he messaged me and said, you need to have a cheat meal. You need higher calories. But he said, I know you're not going to have it, so don't worry about it. That's literally what he said to me. He said, you, he said, yeah. you need a cheat meal. You're not going to have it, so don't worry about it. So it was kind of like that attitude, I think, of just trying to, 
just prove that prove that they make them proud or whatever, or yeah. almost like show them. Because initially, when I, they first took me on board, they thought I was a bit of a pretty boy, and I couldn't handle it. So I kind of wanted to prove them wrong. Uh, I think I did that. So um, I mean, I think you did. <laughs> and it's it's funny. I think we've all got a little bit of that in common, don't we? Like that you can turn it on and you can just be stubborn and you're going to stick to it. Um, and it's for, for good or bad, I suppose. I suppose it's a fantastic quality as a bodybuilder when you can stick to the plan and get it done. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's bit, I think it's testament to you that you've continued to learn and look to understand more about how this is going to work best for you and how you can get the most out of your training. Although things do take a dip in, in prep, like trying to feel yourself the best you can and obviously having carbs in your diet I'm sure it is um more conducive to feeling a little yeah, bit better throughout the process definitely. um fantastic so coming into 2022 did you plan for it to be 40 weeks to start off with or did that kind of evolve over time did you know it was going to be as long as that so initially the plan was when I think it was 22 weeks I had planned yeah. for the first show. So yeah. I wanted a 22-week prep for the first show. But then I got greedy, and then I made it 23. I started prep a week early. I can remember yeah. doing it. I don't know why I did it. My, <laughs> my birthday is around about that time. And being the sadistic bodybuilder I am, I didn't want to have – I wanted to have started prep on my birthday, so it didn't give me an excuse to go out because I didn't want to go out for it. So right, yeah. we started prep early. So I wanted to have a 23-week run-in for my first show, um, which was a north, one of the northern qualifiers. And then what happened was I came in a lot quicker than I thought I was going to. Yeah. So I was ready uh, about seven weeks out, six, seven weeks out from the first yeah. show. And it just so happened that there was a show that weekend. So I, um, I would know, like I, no one knew I was doing it. Like maybe one or two, two, I think two people knew. Yeah. And I ended up doing a show six weeks earlier than I'd planned. Um, I did really well. I came second. Um, and I got my qualification for the, the finals for the BNBF in that yep. show, which gave me another six, seven weeks then after that before any more shows. So then that, then I did those and then qualified for finals in both those federations. Um, and then the WMBF came up then in, bet in between the finals of those two shows. Yeah. And I, and I, because they were two weeks apart. And I thought there was a part of me that thought, oh, it, it makes sense to do that. You're already ready. And I spoke to a lot of people and they said, well, it's probably not a very good idea because you're going to sacrifice how you look in one of those shows to do it. Yeah. And, and with me, because I'd been ready for so long, for the shows like when I'm when I'm in a prep I don't sort of take time away from the prep so for example if I yeah. qualified if I qualified early on in the year I don't like have a break to then come back down I'll I'll stay there which is maybe not a great maybe not so great hormonally etc but I think in terms of a look it can help because I know it might sound a bit bro sciencey but when you've been a bit fat for a while your skin takes a while to really like yeah in around you almost so you can you can be lean enough but because you haven't been there quite as long especially in male competitors you get a bit of like a grainier look yeah so 
I think because I'd been on prep for such a long time and just holding it, I was ready. So I decided to do the WMBF in between. And obviously yeah. that turned out to be probably the best decision I ever made because yeah. because then obviously qualifying for Worlds then, which was obviously at the time I was, you know, I was so pleased about. But then that I thought to myself, oh, well, you've just prolonged this diet for yeah. however many weeks. But if I'm honest at the time, like I was struggling quite a bit um psychologically just yeah. had a lot of like anxiety issues at the time and uh, um more so like the pressure of competing more than anything that's what it was but um the the goals of having shows was what was keeping me going with it yeah. so i actually was quite glad that i had another show to work towards or so much so that after worlds um I was almost looking for shows to do at the back end of the year. And yeah. there were there were one or two more shows to do, which were other federations, but I was almost thinking on oh, maybe I could do it. But it was it was more me just seeking an immediate goal. Because now now that the prep is finished, which is where a lot of people struggle post show. Yeah, because absolutely. they don't they don't set they don't set goals then after because they they think, oh, it's done now. What have I got now? Yeah. But, well, I think the best thing you can do is literally look at, right, there's a show in two years' time, I'm doing that one, you know, Absolutely. and then and then the work starts for that because that'll, that'll really stop you sort of edging off things. So, but for me, now I'm thinking, well, I need at least two years before I'm even starting a prep, so that's a long time. So that got me worried a little bit because now I'm thinking, well, I've got two two years, two years now, what am I, you know, what? What have I got to work towards, or what have I got yeah. to keep to keep me focused and going during that time? But um, I think now setting mini goals now more like so, getting performance back in the gym, sorting yeah. things out, and and also you know ultimately there are other things in life. You know I've got to improve my business, etc. Yeah. I've got to improve sort of my social the social aspect of things as well. So there's that as well. Um, but yeah, in, so in short, well, no, it's not in short. It was a long, a long way of saying it. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be that long, but I knew it. If it, if things went my way, I knew it was going to be that long because in 2017, my prep was 39 weeks. Yeah, so I, yeah. I knew I knew it was what's to come, and and also like that was I I, I was prepared for it as well. You know, I'm yeah. I think. If you're dieting for that long as well, you can afford to be eating a lot more food towards the end of prep. So that's a good thing. You know, when you, if you've been dieting that long, you know, realistically at the end of prep, my food was nearly 4,000 calories. So I can't really complain about that. I complain. It's, um, it's funny. I think like at, our, our seasons actually sound pretty similar in terms of you were working towards a show, hoping that you would potentially qualify and then the qualification come in and being like, right, okay, now I'm pushing uh, forward again. Sorry, how many did you do? Was it just the two or did you do? Oh, no, um, I think I did, it was potentially, I can't even remember now. It was probably six or seven as well. Oh, okay. Six, I think. Um, so I actually, I targeted like the summer shows because I didn't right. think I was going to qualify. It was my first season last year. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I was going to do, like I I went for the um UKDFBA Scottish show that was the right. first show that I was like focused on yeah. and then also went for a PCA I did a two bros and I did WMBF first timers oh, okay and then qualified for finals in all of those shows did so you do like, fin just... did you do finals in all of them or 
Well, I was going to. WNBF was the first one and I qualified for Worlds and I decided to take my money out of the travel because see for me as well like it's yeah. traveling all the way down oh, of course. to like yeah yeah that's true down to the other side of the country so I had like all this money tied up in hotels and stuff for mm. other federations and I decided to just take all that money back out and put it towards going to LA yeah. so I just chucked it all in for the LA trip but like it's the same thing to you as being like right focusing on the small goal in front of you and just moving towards that mm-hmm. but I can also really relate to coming out of especially when you think of 40 weeks like it's literally been the majority of your year right yeah. that you're just focused on every single day meticulously ticking boxes and you've got this I, this thing that you're looking forward to move you're moving towards that's everything you're focusing on and then it's done and it's like deciding how do you try and frame your mindset to move on to that really far away goal again um and two years is is a long time when you have been focusing on the next like five weeks or the next seven weeks for for the whole of the year um but I think yeah you're so right you just need to break it down into like little micro goals that you're able to work towards like as you say feeling better in yourself and improving your the quality of your training and um socializing and whatnot on outside of bodybuilding life um but it's, it's um it's fantastic I think that you've been able to push through come out the back end and you're in like kind of your sweet spot now I suppose or getting into your sweet spot where sweeter really we'll say a sweeter spot a sweeter, a sweet spot. Spot, a sweeter <laughs> spot yeah so I guess do you feel like there's any benefits to pushing through a prep as long as you did like you obviously mentioned about the the granular nature of the look on your physique but was there any other benefits that you think other people might overlook if they try and push through a quicker prep I think it's definitely helps in like sort of muscle tension retention because like yeah. there was there was no period where I really felt I don't track my strength an awful lot, but there was no time where I really felt like weak. Yeah. Um and to be honest, it was there was never a period where I was really doing an awful lot of output and when my diet was really low. Like yeah. there were times when it did get there, but that was like a couple of weeks before the first show. After that, I never had to really like dig in. Yeah. Um, the problem is it's very hard for me to say that because I'm mentally in, in quite a lot of aspects, I'm very strong. So I don't even acknowledge it if I'm struggling. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, I think the stress is a killer for a lot of people. And I think if you've got that long, you you reduce the stress massively because yeah. you can just afford to sort of cruise in. Uh, so I think there's plenty of benefits in terms of stress. And then I think, when I mentioned muscle retention, I think that comes from keeping training performance quite high. Yeah. But also, you know, stress does affect that as well. So there's probably a crossover between the two. Um, and also, like we mentioned earlier, that whole, the longer you're at a sort of leaner body fat, the better yeah. you look. You bet. Within reason, sometimes you do start to string out after a long while. But I think you look better if you're at that point. Like, if, yeah. you, if you go into a show... And you've been digging into that show the whole time. You won't look the same as sort of if you've had two weeks before. So there's yeah. there's also that in terms of like you can afford to somewhat freshen up into a show, yeah. so you can ease off the gas because you'll always look better doing that. So that's another yeah. reason why. Um, and you know, ultimately, I I love competing as well. So the you're always ready for more yeah. shows. Then, like arguably, I could have done a few more last year, maybe a couple of the untested ones but 
I was so focused on the ones that I had coming up, I didn't even think about that. Really. Yeah. There's always another show, isn't there? There's always another stage. Um, but no, I can see The crazy thing is now there literally is mm-hmm. a show every weekend. On some weekends, it's Saturday, Sunday as well. So yeah. like, I look, I, if you look on some of the pages on Instagram, share the, the show day calendar compact to a really good one. Yeah. And it's literally like every weekend now. It is. It really, really is. Um, but I completely agree with you. I think for me, that was something that I really noticed was just the, you were, I was able to just take it, I think, a step slower than maybe some other people. The cat, my, my food didn't have to drop half as low because it was just slowly ticking away. And then, as you said, you know, as you were coming into shows, as you were ready, you were able to actually kind of drive your food back up and freshen the look a little bit. Um, again, just completely taking stress off and stress away from the physique, which is... Um, I suppose if you've never done a longer prep, you probably think that it's the opposite because yeah. you just imagine the diet lasting for longer, but um, slow and steady, that was my kind of mm-hmm. my mantra the whole way through. Do you think there was any challenges in the prep being as long? So flipping that question around, like was there any challenges that you faced because the prep was so long and, and how did you overcome them? Um, I think well, the, the obvious one is it's just, you're experiencing any negative effects of prep just for a longer period of time. Yeah. You know, um, also, you know, for me, I didn't have to, I'm away from my family for a start and I didn't have too many sort of friends to interact with, but I think you'd certainly notice the sort of the negative effects that come with prep interacting with people, I think. And they can probably put up with that for a certain amount of time. Yeah, it's only a certain amount of time. So, you know, the longer that goes on for, the harder it is for any relationships you have. So, I think that that's that's another thing. So, unless you're sort of a seasoned competitor, I think a lot of people wouldn't understand that. Um, but I I don't know. It's, uh, it it does take its toll on you, and you start to start to think whether this is just how everyone feels normally. Yeah, but it, it's certainly not. So you. You know, a few months or so after prep, when you suddenly start to feel a bit more normal, you just think, "Ah, oh, right, this is what it actually feels like to be normal, yeah. not how you felt for the past forty weeks." Yeah. So that's probably that's probably a few. Um, there aren't there aren't too many negative that are beyond just a normal prep in itself, to be honest. Because yeah. ultimately, no matter how quick or long you do it, you're always going to be getting down to that low, lower body fat, and that's that's where the negatives are at that lower yeah. body fat. So it's the only other thing that will be because of how long is just how long you're subjecting other people like outside of your, like within your circle that is the yeah. negative. Really. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, that was kind of, I, I remember, I'm pretty sure you will have had the same feeling when you won your class in, at Supernaturals and you're like, oh my God, I can go to LA. Like, this is amazing. And I literally was just like, I'm going to go and have to tell Steve that this is going to have to go on for like another six weeks because I think at that point he was probably that close to being done with me um but yeah because because you're so right you don't even realize when you're in it I think how far removed you are from just being a normal person um and I like I keep saying to people like this year like I'm just loving being a human again because like that's the actual way that I would describe Mm -hmm. what I feel like is you just feel like you're able to have conversations with people You, you don't mind like I have a dog and I was getting to the point where I was walking the dog with earphones in and just like literally not talking to anyone if they tried to talk Blink, to me on the dog, I'm just, just walking 
not wanting to talk and now like I won't mind stopping and having a conversation with someone mm-hmm. which is just crazy to think how insular I'd got last year but yeah I suppose that that's the negative if you continue a prep for 40 weeks everyone around you has to deal with it for 40 yeah, and weeks they start, and they start to think that's the normal you then yeah. as well just like, yeah yeah completely um so you've competed with a number of federations before and you've kind of proved last year that you're definitely one of the top natural bodybuilders in the UK um, and in the world actually but we'll talk about that in a second. You're buttering me up here what's, <laughs> what's the what's the question going to be? You're buttering so, me up. <laughs> so I guess what attracted you to stepping on stage with the WMBF alongside the other federations that you've competed with for some time now? Well obviously the name initially sort of precedes itself so it is yeah. within natural bodybuilding as history goes it is the biggest federation in the world um yeah. obviously it's new over here in the uk in terms of like it being a separate federation so it's relatively new yeah and i'd seen the stage uh at the first time as early on in the year and i thought that it looked an amazing stage it looked like they were putting a lot of effort in yeah. um i i'm friendly with five os the photographer as well and he always does great work so i thought i need to get some <laughs> pictures of him yeah. as well um and yeah, it just seems like I, I'm, I've been in contact with Steph and Andrew before, so I, I know them well. I get on really well with them, yeah. and they, 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 they spoke to me as well a few times, asked me if I'd consider it, and just everyone that I'd spoken to that had competed there, said that you know the the federation itself was putting a lot of effort in to sort of how the competitors sort of feel on the day. They yeah. made it like a big celebration. That's and everyone had a positive. Sort of thing to say about it really there weren't any negatives so i thought you know why it was almost one of those i, I was ready so why not um yeah. and then you know it was also i was aware that i had the opportunity to go to worlds that was potentially my main incentive to do it yeah. i had the opportunity to go to worlds because that is without a doubt the biggest stage in yeah. natural bodybuilding because i i've throughout growing up in bodybuilding i've every natural bodybuilding sort of big show that i've watched on youtube for example it's always been wmbf worlds yeah so that was like the main goal for me i at the start of the year i wanted to compete abroad that was one of the main goals i set for myself and that was that was sort of the pinnacle so that was definitely a factor in terms of wanting to compete with that and yeah. the federation um and also like I knew, I knew a few people that were affiliated with it as well um like steve hall for example i spoke to him a few times yeah. and he he had nothing but positive things to say and i know he's he's got a great reputation within the industry and i i knew he'd never put his name to something that's not worthwhile as well yeah and I, like i think steph and andy have always said that where it's like if you like to compete we have a stage that we want you on like that's the basically their mantra it doesn't really matter like where else you want to compete wherever where else you've competed in in the past if you want to compete we have a stage and if you're ready we would love you to step on it so I'm really glad you took the chance to and, and of course like the incentives to travel to worlds is just crazy like it's just and it's such an amazing opportunity that I think that it's offered out to a number of athletes um to be able to kind of go out with a team and stuff it was a really kind of special experience um before we talk about worlds would you want to talk through like your show day experience with at Supernaturals and and I guess you obviously won your British title so what did that mean to you? Being brutally honest when I first arrived there yeah. I didn't 
I, I almost walked out. Um, no, <laughs> I, I, honestly, honestly, I did. Um, I'd, I'd competed the week before. Yeah. And I'd, I had to take off too much to get into the class, to, to get into the middleweight class. I took off too much. Um, I, took, I took six pound off an already stage ready physique. So, yeah. and, and because of that, I rebounded quite hard after the show, not through like overeating, literally just because my body was so yeah. sat yeah. down. And then I felt like I didn't, but this is obviously somewhat of a prep brain now. Yeah. Um, I felt the whole way leading into the show that I wasn't, I just didn't look great. Um, and then the morning of the show, I still didn't feel great. I also, yeah, so like I was doubting myself in terms of how I looked, but also psychologically, I don't know, I had quite a bit of sort of anxiety in terms of whether I could perform well on the day. Because for me, I still, getting up on stage is still quite a big performance for me. Like yeah. it takes quite a lot of effort for me because I've got a few a few niggles here and there. Um, so there was a lot of worry about that as well. And I was sat in the sort of lobby area and there was a, a lot of me that was saying, I'm going to, I'm going to leave. Um, and obviously I, now I'm so, so glad I didn't. Yeah. But in terms of the rest of the day, I, it was all a blur at the start because of how I felt. And then yeah. I, I, we did prejudging and that was somewhat of a blur because I was so stressed about the performance itself. And then um, a few people spoke to me during the sort of break and they said, you know, Jack, you you'll win this if you if you want to win it. Like if you want to win this and you show that you want to win it, that was the main thing because because I was so nervous, it it came across almost that not that I didn't want to be there, but they could see that I was so stressed and yeah, you were in your I wasn't, head a little bit. I wasn't enjoying the time on stage. And they yeah. said, Jack, if you just show that you're enjoying it, then you'll win this. And and hearing that, like lit a bit of a fire under me, and I thought, Do you know what, like. If you just put one more good performance in, you go into LA, you're going to win this. And so, yeah. um, sort of switch the head on for that. And then, yeah, and then the rest is history, really. Like, I think I performed a lot better in the, the sort of second half of the show because I thought I was in, in, within, in within a chance. Um, going into it, I knew there was a, re a few really good people in the class. So I think that made it hard work. But then, yeah, the, the sort of second half was great. And then even more so, probably the highlight was the overalls then because I knew I was really good good friends with uh, James Alabaster and yeah. Josh Bogdani who both won their classes and then we were in the overall together. So it was, you yeah. know, in an overall against with two of your friends as well. And then a few, a few of the foreign boys, which was a great experience as well, yeah. getting to compete against them. And obviously... That's a really good part of competing with the WMBF now that I I have I speak to those boys quite regularly now. And you yeah. know, I'd never have got the chance to, you know, boys from Switzerland, boys from France. Yep. So yeah, um, that was that was the day. And then I was the last one. I, I remember it, I was the last one out of the out of the venue Where in you? terms of competitors, yeah. Um <laughs> Because I, I, that always ends up happening with me. For some reason, I've always ended up moping around. Well, not moping around, but um, in the just busying around the the venue at the end because I'm always on a buzz after it. Yeah. I remember I was the la one of the last ones. I think I was the last one that left um, and then sat outside with my chicken and rice after the show. I had, to, <laughs> I had to drive back back to Barnsley then for another late night. But 
no, I was I was on such a high after that. But I think yeah, the highlight was definitely um, competing in the overalls against like three of my well, two of my friends and then a, a few of the foreign boys as well. Because the good thing with overalls is you feel you feel like that like the pressure's off. Yeah, I know, but that that might be a bit of my downfall because a few times maybe if I'd kept the pressure on, I'd have maybe maybe performed a bit better. But overalls always a laugh because the pressure's off and you're out there to enjoy it then. I think it's um I kind of felt the same way about overalls like just you've you've done especially how you were feeling in the morning the fact you've had that kind of turnaround in the day and you're fit you're finishing the day on such a high yeah just get to spend time on stage with the best athletes of the day like it's such a fun I think experience at the end of the day that's kind of like a highlight on top of the the rest of the day so I'm with you on that one but maybe next time when you come back in two years time you've got the eye on the the overall sword and the the pro card I don't know maybe that's time yeah, for because I know I know in one of the other shows last year I had a client in it with me um so I'd prepped him for the show he won his class he won the novice class and then I won the middleweights and yeah we went into the overalls together and I wasn't you know I was so happy after winning yeah and then he, he ended up beating me in the overalls so I was a bit a bit fuming with that um so maybe if I'd been a bit if I'd have been a bit more head in the game because I've lost a couple of overalls now and it's a bit frustrating when you do because it's strange because you've won and obviously you're really pleased with winning yeah but for me unless I get the overall it kind of takes the sort of edge off it a bit it, it's a weird one isn't it like genuinely it's a weird one because I think that you're 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 on such a high yeah and you've had such a great day and then it's just at the end of the day it's like Oh, but you didn't win that. You didn't win that. Yeah, and the problem is, I'm either a, yeah. I'm either a middleweight or a heavyweight. Yeah. So, one of the shows that I did, I was a heavyweight, and then went into the overall, and it's literally the quickest turnaround because yeah, you're on stage as a heavyweight, you win, and then straight away, straight away back on. So you've literally got no time to celebrate it. So you're on a high from winning, and next thing you're out in the overalls, and if you lose that, it's the biggest up and down. Yeah. yeah. So that is an issue. How did you find moving to height classes in Supernaturals? Did you prefer that or did you, was because it, it was different? Because then it was I back think, weight classes. And it, obviously well. the, 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 good, the good part of that is, is there's no stress um, yeah. leading into the show really. However, I will disclose that in one of the other federations that does height classes, I was really friendly with a boy who at the time I thought we were very similar height yeah um so so i said to him that when we go into height in that i'd you know when you go you know you have um you go in for your spray tans they yeah. put the they put the little thin uh cardboard sheets under your feet yeah, yeah well i was going to plan to get quite a few stack them up because you wouldn't tap you couldn't tell if i had them on my feet yeah if i had them underneath so it would give me the a couple more centimeters because I knew he'd be under and then I'd be over because we didn't want to be in the same yeah. class. But ultimately, it never came down to it because they they split the class. And I can't remember what happened. But I do I do prefer I shouldn't be telling people that. But <laughs> well, pretend that didn't happen. Never, no, it never actually happened. But I planned for it. To happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I do prefer it because if I'm honest, weight categories. The problem with me is, I'm always 
bordering between being the top of middleweight or yeah. bottom of heavyweight. That's always how it sits. Yeah. Um, and last year, I had to take quite a lot off to get in the middleweight class that I wanted to. Yeah. Which in the end bit me in the backside because I knew everyone that was in the that had qualified for the finals as a middleweight, but forgot about the boy who didn't have to qualify because he's a British champ. So I thought I was in it with everyone that I knew I could beat. Yeah. And then he turned up and he beat me. But it, it definitely takes off the pressure of uh, sort of weighing in on the day. However, obviously at Worlds, then you do weigh in, don't yeah. you? Um, because as, as crude as it sounds, to get into the middleweight at, um, at Worlds, I was spitting in the sink just before my weigh-in. Just Were to you get, that cool? I, I, no, I, I was on the dot, 176, back, like bang on. So I knew if I was literally yeah. a point over, I was going to go up. Um, so I was in the sink for a few minutes prior and it got me bang on. But in hindsight, though, in hindsight, this isn't meant to disrespect anyone in the, was it, light heavies. But the standard of light heavies wasn't as good as middleweights. So poten potentially, if I'd gone in light heavies, I might have won that. Yeah. But, you know, you can never... You'd never, never predict. Know. You'd never think that, though. You know, you'd always, you'd always take being the heaviest middleweight as opposed to yeah. the lightest, light heavy. Because I was, I was the heaviest um, middleweight on the day. But, yeah. um, but no, I do, I do prefer the uh, the height factor. But the the weight, the weight thing does allow you to sort of manipulate things and try yeah. and get in a different. Whereas height, you've got no choice. Yeah, completely. Well, you've unless, got no unless, choice. Unless you go you've get got no choice one. unless you get some wedges. <laughs> um, brilliant. So we went to LA as a team, which was awesome. And so how did um, the LA experience compare to any other shows? How did LA Worlds compare to any other show that you've done in the past? And how did the trip feel for you as a whole? I don't think I don't think really can compare it to anything else, can you? Yeah. Especially where it was as well. I, think, I know how amazing. I don't. I don't think there could be many other cities that it would have been a better sort of. You know, the first time I ever travel abroad, abroad to compete, it's in LA of all places. Yeah. I think. I don't think I'd choose any other city to compete in. Really, um, you know, we went over in November and it was still what like twenty degrees. When we were out there. Yeah, yeah. So, so nice. um, you know, the experience in itself, I like. You know, traveling out as a team, it, that that felt really good because that's never, you know, I come from a I come from a sporting background that was always team, and then as soon as you move to bodybuilding, it's completely a solo show. Yeah. But it felt slightly different then in terms of like you were with a team, we were supporting each other, um, and then the, doing it in sort of like because there's so many so much nostalgia in American bodybuilding over in California. Yeah. You know, going to Golds and stuff like that, walking across Venice, like it was, it was the perfect Amazing. sort of way to end it. Really, um, the show itself was incredible. Like obviously, I mentioned to you before, I've watched so many YouTube videos of Worlds, and it was literally exactly the same. You know, yeah. I'm pretty sure the MC is the same as what is normally at Worlds. Like a lot of the judges are what yeah. they repeat judges. So it was all. Like listening to it being called out and stuff just reminded me of watching all the YouTube videos and stuff. And and even even the fact that a lot of the people that are competing there, especially in yeah. the pro ranks, I've I've watched 
for me, years. you know, yeah. Yeah, so that was that was an amazing experience, and even just beating them in person. And also the fact that, you know, through social media, I've met a lot of people as well, so meeting them from different countries, this, that, and the other. Yeah. And that was a great experience. And also the fact that there were so many competitors as well, you know, I've never been a... Well, I don't think anyone will be a, ever be at a show like it. You know, I think it was one of yeah. the... It's definitely the biggest natural bodybuilding show in the world. There were so many competitors there. Yeah. So it, was a, it was it was just an experience in itself being backstage with such a manic tour. But they, <laughs> they did they did very well with it, considering how small backstage, like the, the cramped sort of hallway they yeah. managed to get everyone through and stuff. But no, it was it was an amazing experience. And also the the best part of it was, I think I struggled a lot last year with like show day anxiety like yeah. stressing about the show yeah. being performed i didn't have anything that day um so i was actually able to enjoy it which is why i kind of wasn't disappointed immediately with the results because i performed so well um after i was furious but i think at, at the time i was so happy with how i yeah. performed i didn't care about where i came just because i knew i brought my best and i did so well but no it was a it was an amazing experience for sure yeah, I think it's sometimes as hard when you like look back at pictures and then you start like questioning decisions and whatnot. But you can't like forget that great feeling that you had on stage, right? When you've like enjoyed the whole day. And I guess what do you think that there was something different for you? Like, or do you think it was just everything came together on the day? Or was there something in particular that made it such a good day? I can't I can't really put my finger on it because because if I could, then I'd try and <laughs> try and implement yeah. that all the time, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, it was. I I'm not sure what it was. I think it was almost like, you know, all the hard work's done now. You've done everything. This yeah. is this is literally just have fun with it. Maybe I don't know. Um, and I told myself, you know, this is a once in a without. It's strange because some of the stuff I told myself would technically add pressure to it, but it seems not. Yeah. As basically said, you know, this is the biggest stage. Just go and enjoy it. You've done all the work for it. You know, you're out in LA. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know, but I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad it did happen, though. So. Me too. Me too. How was it being on stage with James? No, oh, it was. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, especially because we ended up we ended up being called out right next to each other. Yeah. So for most of the show. But if I'm honest, when I'm on stage, I have absolute blinkers, and I didn't even acknowledge who was around me for the yeah. most part. I'm literally just stood. Yeah. I'm the same. I think it's really hard. You're just literally focusing on yeah. the judges. It's such the lights are really bright and stuff. It's hard to focus on what else going especially, on around you. But... Especially the way the way they do it at Worlds is absolutely savage in terms of like I think we were in the front relaxed pose for like 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah. So you're just so focused on trying to like the whole time I'm thinking, make sure your legs are on, make sure your legs yeah. are on the whole time. And I was fortunate enough to stand dead center the whole world of the symmetry round so I didn't move the whole time yeah. so I was just like just <laughs> as, like still as I could yeah 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 you always know you're going to be an absolute pain in the next day oh, after I was yeah like <laughs> um fab so I guess just before we wrap up what's the plan for you then so you're in a two-year off season is that the plan I think it's going to be a minimum it's a minimum yeah, yeah. um like I touched upon at the start, I the reason why I end up getting on stage is just for my passion of training and how much yep. I love bodybuilding. So I'm not in any like immediate rush. Don't yep. get me wrong, I do absolutely love competing. But if it takes me a little bit longer to 
like if, if I had to do another five year off season, I would. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I don't really want to do it because, you know, going to shows every year for those five years was quite tough um, because, you know, I'm, I'm almost sat in the crowd with my sort of pictures comparing myself to them. thinking, Of course. Oh, there, oh, there. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think the, the next time I'll be on stage is at the earliest going to be 2025. Probably. Yeah. Um, I've got to get on top of quite a few things. Yeah. Not just within myself, you know, even things like business, um, just like life things in general. Yeah. You know, I went full blinker mode last year and didn't didn't really do anything else other than trying to get through a prep, to be honest. So I think yeah. if I am to learn anything from that, it would also be to, you know, make sure I'm staying on top of other things, you know, because you know, as a as an online coach, doing a contest prep should should bring you a lot, a lot of business. You know, a lot of people yeah. do that. You know, a lot of people compete just to get business. Um, and I was so engrossed in the prep myself, I didn't advertise myself at all. Yeah. And so it's just one of those things. It's all a learning curve. Totally. Uh, yeah, so I think 2025 will be, that's what I'm aiming for. Um, but like I said, if it if it takes a little longer, um, yeah, I don't really mind. So that that's that's the goal. So we'll have to see. And do you think that that means you'll be in the heavyweights then? Or are you kind of done trying to fit into middleweight? Well, yeah, realistically, I'm I'm literally on on yeah. the edge. Um, really, I, to be honest, I wasn't even I wasn't even a middleweight this year. Yeah. Um, but, but the problem is in a lot of these federations, not necessarily in WMBF, it's a fixed weight class, so that's why it's good. Yeah. Whereas in the other federations where that do weight classes, it's not a fixed weight class. It's not a yeah. fixed number. It's literally whoever turns up on that day. They figure they'll, it out. They'll divide you. Yeah. Um, so I think, but in terms of WNBF, I'll be a suit. I'll be a light heavy. Yeah. There's no way. I was literally bang on like yeah. nothing left. Nothing left to come off. <laughs> not not even any saliva in my mouth left. <laughs> and I was bang on 178. Yeah. Uh, 176. So yeah. yeah, I wouldn't. I'm not getting down to that again. Um, so I think yeah, light light heavyweights will be the the next. And I don't, I don't have to add too too much more muscle for that because yeah. I think a lot of the but a lot of the boys that are in that class are probably of a same if not less muscle than myself. It's just they weren't as conditioned as me. Because you got like without without blowing smoke, um, you know that's me at 176, but with nothing else to come off. Yeah. They may they may be a hundred and seventy eight with five pounds to come off. Yeah. yeah. So if they were as conditioned as I was, they'd be smaller. But yeah. So we'll we'll see. You know, it'll, um, I I've got to I've got to get out there first. You know, because yeah. the the standards very high now these days, especially in British bodybuilding. So yeah. Um, that'll be the, that'll be the next goal then to qualify for worlds at some point then. But um. Yeah. I'm not sure how how far in advance do they plan where the worlds are going to be. I feel like they kind of announce it the year before. I think this year coming is Seattle. Seattle this year, and, and then, then I, I don't. So do they? Do they? Are they got any? Do they announce where the next one's going to be? For example, or how I don't long know when they'll talk about the year after. Yeah. I feel like someone was maybe talking about New York, but I don't know if that's real or if that was just someone talking. But yeah. I don't know what 2025 will be. We'll see. Hopefully, a good one. Because <laughs> are they? A lot of the time, they are always over in the states, aren't they? 
Yeah, yeah, they're always in the states. Yeah, I suppose because a lot. Well, I suppose because you know, most of the federation are over there, aren't they? The yeah. the big names and stuff. So I'm not complaining because I'd rather it be there. Um, you know, but yeah, I know some yeah. some federations are popping up. Their worlds are popping up in like Australia, for example, yeah. now, and and I know the WMBF is growing massively across the world. So a lot of these newer yeah. countries are coming in, but. It, it makes a lot more sense for it to be in the States. Never know, they might do a wee spotlight somewhere else, but that's the great thing about competing with WNBF as well. Like you can go compete mm-hmm. elsewhere, um, like at an amateur level as well. You can just, you can compete anywhere you want yeah. to go. Um, but yeah, I think that maybe by 2025, we'll maybe have twisted Steph and Andy's arm into putting a pro show on in the UK and we'll have like a big show in the UK. A big yeah. double. Oh, that, that'll be mega. Yeah, that'll yeah. be good. Little story for you. I nearly ended up. I don't know how it would have panned out, but I wanted to get a world's qualification. I wanted to get it early. Yeah. So I I was going to go to Ireland to do the WMBF Ireland show. Yeah. But my passport my passport didn't come in time, so I couldn't get over to do it. But how would that have worked? So if I'd qualified at that show, mm-hmm. even though I have a British passport and obviously I'm British, would I have gone over with Team Ireland? Or would I think I have... you would have, yeah. Because yeah. Matt came out with us, didn't he? He was exactly. So yeah. I'd have been, I'd have been with Team Ireland out there. Yeah. So... Well, I'm glad you. Came. I'm glad that it doesn't work I out. That way and you I, came I didn't, I didn't think there were many out there for Ireland. I know, I know two. I definitely know yeah. two. But I think it might have just been those two. Um, yeah. So no, I, I'm very glad. I'm very glad as well. We had a, we had an awesome team out there. So we I was did. really glad to be part of that. We really did. Right, final question. We're fast approaching the 2023 first-timers and novice championships. Yep. What advice do you have for our first-timers? The obvious one, as we touched upon at the start, I'd say get ready early. Yeah. Um, if you think if you think you need 12 weeks, you probably need 16. You know, the, yep. And even if you only need 12, those four weeks are just going to allow you to sort of chill out a bit. Um, Absolutely. I think first-time competitors think they're a lot leaner than they are. You've yep. got a lot more to come off than you think. Um, definitely enjoy it for a start. You know, like you may, you know, you, you may only get one shot of competing. Who knows? Yep. So en- enjoy it when you're there. Um, I definitely would say don't shut yourself off to everyone. Like whether that's in person or even on social media. And you know, these days you've, you've got access to, like I know I said at the start, I didn't have many friends around me, but realistically I spoke to hundreds of people every day on social. Yeah. So, you know, definitely keep in contact with people. And I'm, I've always been really good for it. I get hounded for it, but take as many pictures as you can. Because, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's a bit embarrassing, but honestly, during prep, I would have taken over a hundred pictures a day just of me like they don't get me wrong 50 would have been the same just to get the right sort of angle whatever but i took so many pictures i got thirty-seven thousand pictures on my phone and i reckon twelve thousand of them would have been that last prep we just went so just just take the picture yeah because you that you'll want those memories forever honestly like oh every day or any big event make sure you take pictures love it i completely agree awesome so I can't end today's episode without going through the quick fire question round with you, Jack. So I oh didn't prep you for this, right? But I'm going to ask you 10 rapid fire questions and I need you to answer instinctively the first thing that comes into your head. You ready? Okay. 
Cream of rice or protein oats? Protein oats. Post show meal of choice? Burger and chips. Pump or stem pre-workout? Stem. High rep range or low rep range? High. Steps or Stairmaster? Stairmaster. Three weights or machines? Wow. Three weights. Are shows one from the front or one from the back? Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know these days if yeah, I'm honest. No, me neither. <laughs> I used to, I know, I, obviously this isn't a quick fire, but I used to think, I used to always say back, but I look at some of the shows this year and it's definitely not. Um, mm. I'll say that. I'll I, say I, that. I think you know, I agree with you. These, these days, if I'm honest, especially in natural bodybuilding, shows are won by who has the best front relaxed, to be honest. Like, I think that makes such a good impression on people. And it's just the how first you, thing they see when you come yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even the front relaxed, it's just how they look standing there because it makes such a good impression. Yeah. So I think, yeah. Practice your front relaxed. So, so I'll say no, they're tip. not. They're one, they're one from the front then. We'll one from the front. Okay, off season or prep? Off season. Yeah, I, I think I agree actually. I'm loving being a human. I just, it's the best. Um, And okay, these last two aren't quick fire either. Best part of show day? I, I'd say just being on stage. That that's the best for me. Being yeah. on stage, yeah. Seeing, seeing, seeing everyone, in the, everyone in the crowd, and if you've got anyone in there cheering and stuff, that's yeah, that's probably the best. Thing. Fab. And what or, is your... or, or, or picking up the trophy when you win? Oh well, of course. I think you're the first person that said that, and everyone else is a liar. <laughs> um, perfect. And the last question is: favorite thing about being a natural bodybuilder. For me, it's the fact that I can tell my dad because if I told my dad I was enhanced, he'd beat the crap out of me. So um, I don't know. Within, obviously, within the fitness industry itself, no one cares if you say, oh, I'm a natural bodybuilder. Yeah. But to general public, yeah. I think it gets a quite a bit more of like, not respect, but like if you're an enhanced bodybuilder, a lot of people frown, frown on yeah. it a bit within general public. So I think... There's, there's obviously that um you know ultimately i i love bodybuilding as a whole i'm not i don't segregate myself or i'm an actual bodybuilder i know it's in my bio on instagram but most of the reason for that was when i was teaching i didn't want kids accusing me of being on steroids so, yeah um, I didn't do that. yeah i don't know probably just the fact that you can compete in the federations we do that's probably the yeah. the, the first thing that i can think of um yeah that. perfect love it Jack, thank you so much for chatting with me today. And thank you to everyone for listening at home. In two weeks, I'll be back with episode eight and I'm going to get to catch up with one of my favourite people, Vicky Clark. Vicky it won't be said, as good as this one, though. <laughs> well, we'll have to see. We'll have to prep v Vicky well for coming on after you, Jack. <laughs> so uh, Vicky stepped on stage in our first timers championships last year, won the first timers figure title and then she went on to win her NPA British title and was runner up in our figure class at the WMBF Supernaturals and like Jack and I she earned her place in the LA team and smoked it up there at world's level two what a story about what a first timer season can look like 
until episode eight. Thank you so much again, Jack. Thank you to everyone. Thank everybody. you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back in a few weeks. This has been the WMBF UK podcast. And that's us. Boom. Check out CNP, our sponsors, and sign up for our events at wnbfuk.com. <laughs>